Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique, and always to my left is David Nori. And we are here with some very special people today. And it's interesting when you have four people on, there's probably going to be a lot of dialogue. Uh, but we are with what uh, are often referred to as the super connectors because they actually have a company called Super Connector Media and Unfair Advantage, which is the events that they do. And we got connected to them through a mutual friend who I actually just had lunch with. And she's like, you have got to know these people. And so as God would have it, we are now sitting across from them in our virtual world of Zoom. And we are about to bring you some really incredible information. But Chris Winfield and Jennifer Gottlieb are here with us today. And we just want to ask you, in light of Turned On, what was the most pivotal moment in your life? And where did the light switch go on for you? Whoever wants to go first. So for me, December 28, 2010, I walked into my kitchen where I was no longer living and had this moment. Um, I'd, been a, I'd been drinking, using drugs for most of my life. Walked into the kitchen um, December 20th, right after Christmas, and had this moment, which I now realize was a God moment, but at the time, it was just a moment. So it was just a moment of clarity. It was just a moment of opening that door and said to myself, I can no longer do this. And I wound up five days later being able to go to a rehab um, and being, a, I've been sober since January 3rd, 2011, and that was the moment. That was the moment for me. Now, here's the thing. January 3rd, January 4th, I woke up in this rehab and I made this promise to myself that I'd write something down every single day. And I wrote down, today's the worst day of my life because it felt like that. It felt like the worst day ever. It was, I was so broken, so empty, even though I still had all the stuff. That was the crazy thing. But I just, you know, emotionally, spiritually, morally bankrupt. And Six months later, I look back and I was like, wow, that was the best day of my life. Now, that is everything to me. So that the, the idea that it's all about perspective. So that was, you, you guys are really spiritual and you, you get the God thing, which I love about you. So that was the beginning of my relationship with God. Now, I didn't know it at the time. And if you had told me that, if you had said, oh, Chris, hey, this is going to be the best day of your life. I would have hated you forever. I would never, and you're going to get a great relationship with God and all these great things are going to happen to you as a result of this. It wouldn't have felt like that. Like I would never have been able to believe you in a million years. 
But six months later, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was the best day of my life. And I still look at that as the best day of my life. Now, the important thing about this and the thing I like to always remember for myself is it didn't feel like that. Like, I didn't know that. And there's so many things still that happen over and over in my life and since that time that have happened that are seemingly horrible at the time and they wind up being the best. So all I've done, all I've like worked to do in my life is shorten that realization time, shorten that perspective time so that it goes from, you know, uh, so six months and then maybe it went to like three months and then like a month. And then like, you know, sometimes in an hour and I'm like, oh my God, thank God that happened. And so that's, that's it though. But that was everything. That's where it started for me. That's incredible. I absolutely love that. What a great start. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. And, um, you know, I always think that God does the most incredible work in the wilderness and where we get most of our shaping and refinement and how it actually gets to, you know, pivot us into the most mm -hmm. um, missionary type of work. And you guys are definitely on mission. I actually met you and I'm, I'm not going to go into the story because we've covered it in past episodes, but you, you know that I, I was at the worst time of my the life worst. when you came into it. Like I had given up all hope and then I had no perspective of what was about to happen. So when you said that, I was like, damn. Yeah. By the way, just to be clear, he's talking to Angela, not to me. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. But I just want the audience to be clear because I think you guys have a much closer relationship than you and I. At this point, I'm going to try to change that. Pretty fun episode. Yeah. What's about you? you are whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> much more astute than I am because I would I missed that totally good one yeah speaking of close relationships you have you have one to your I believe it's your right um, I'm yes. you to the video and that yeah. beautiful beautiful woman staring across the screen his name is Jen and I would love to hear that point in time in your life as well and kind of brings you to this apex so the first the first big light up moment for me ever was I, growing up when I was a kid, basically out of the womb, I wanted to be an actress and a performer. And I was singing and dancing all throughout my entire life. And that was always my dream. And I always was like really super focused on that. And that was all that I ever wanted to do. And I went to college, traditional college as a musical theater major. I auditioned, I went to school. I'm like, all right, I got to go to this four year college because I'm supposed to. And I'll study musical theater there, but I'll still be in college. So I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to do. And I went to the University of Hartford, and within one semester, I was like, screw this. I hate college. I hate everything about this. I can't be here. I completely sabotaged my entire college career, stopped going to class, moved back home to Florida, and became kind of a hot mess. Not kind of, like a real hot mess. I mean, I was working at Hooters, not that there's anything wrong with Hooters, but I was working there, I was dating a whole bunch of dudes, I was just going out partying all the time, and lost my way, completely lost my dream, lost my focus. I was like, I don't even know who I am, what I want to do anymore. And my mom took me to see um, Sweet Charity on Broadway. She, My mom moved to New York, and she's like, you need to come to New York and just like see a Broadway show and just come hang out here and see what New York is like. And I went and I saw that show and I was hysterically crying the entire time. His like bawling. The person next to me was like really upset and pissed off because I was just like ah! the whole show. And I left that show and I was like, mom, I need to move to New York City and I need to pursue my dream. Like this is what I have to do. And so I ended up moving to New York, 
going to a two-year conservatory for musical theater specifically. And while I was in school, I went and I saw this, the show, The Wedding Singer. You guys know the movie, The Wedding Singer? That oh, yeah. So I went to see that show and I went with my best friend at the time, Pat, and I was in school and I saw the role of Linda, which is the, the bitch ex-girlfriend that leaves Robbie at the altar. And in the show, she has this unbelievable part where she's hilarious and she steals the show. She has two amazing numbers. And I saw this woman, Felicia Finley, play this part. And I was like, I need to play this part one day. And I said to my friend, Pat, I said, I will play this role one day on Broadway. I have no idea how the hell that was going to happen. I was in school. I was like living in a little tiny room in the, you know, in New York City and, and just like learning how to do things and how to be a human. And um, I decided to make that my, my goal. And I was learning about the law of attraction a little bit. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do an experiment with this whole law of attraction thing. And this is what I'm going to use. I'm going to use Linda and the Wedding Singer as what I'm going to manifest. And so for uh, an entire year, I made that my, like all my, I like visualized at night before I went to bed of me playing the role. I would rehearse um, all of her songs in school as if I was rehearsing for the Broadway show. And I like really created this belief in my mind that this thing was happening to me, even though it didn't happen. And I, I, I practiced it as if they told like, you know, from the book, The Secret, I was like learning all these things. And I was like, I may as well. Um, and Finally, I find in the paper, at the time we actually read this physical paper called Backstage, an audition for the Wedding Singer Broadway National Tour. And I was like, all right, this is it. Like, this is, I'm going to go and I'm going to audition and I'm going to get this part. And I believe this in my mind. Uh, and to make this long story much shorter, I auditioned several times, getting to the final two, not getting the role, keep going, keep going, keep going. Years, like, I feel like the, a year goes by. And finally figure out that the second national tour was going out and the same director that was directing that show was auditioning a different show. And so I snuck into that different show audition and sang the songs from The Wedding Singer. And because I did that scary thing, like the thing that you're not supposed to do, like that was a big no-no in musical theater land. You don't sneak into an audition, you don't sing songs from a different show, but that director came out of the holding room, or of the audition room, pulled me aside, and he's like, I want you for Wedding Singer, but we're not casting it yet. Keep in touch with me. And this has a lot to do connecting the dots, looking backwards with what we do now, what we teach with following up. Because I followed up with that guy once a week for six months. And he never really responded to me, but I emailed him once a week and I was like, hey, how are you? I'm just catching up. Like, <laughs> and I pushed and pushed and pushed. Finally, I get a contract in my email to join the Broadway National Tour of The Wedding Singer. Wow. So I didn't get it. Understudy of Linda. So I had to play the understudy for four months. And then as the universe does things, like you never really know how how it's going to work out, but it ended up working out so that we went, when we actually left for the tour, I got bumped up to the role and ended up performing this role. And this is where the light up moment happens. So when I stepped on that stage and performed that song for the very first time in front of an audience, the visual that I saw, like the theater, the audience, the costume on my body, the lights, everything was exactly the same as the visualizations I had done 
years before when I was falling asleep in my dorm room and just dreaming of it. And it was so jarring to me. Like I walked off stage, I broke down, I was hysterically crying. And at that moment, I was like, anything that I want to do in this world, if I can visualize it and fully believe that I can get it and I don't stop and I keep taking action, I can do it. Because I had no idea how that would ever happen. It just seemed like a dream. And the exact thing that I saw years ago, I manifested. So that was the moment where I realized, don't, you know, if you want something, just yeah. do it. So the persistence is something that I, that I get there. And the persistence is something that I think so many uh, people hear, but they don't take it for what it means. So when you tell a story like that, we see it come to fruition. It's one more validation of that. You really do have to be persistent. And I love the fact that you said you did an email every week because I want our listeners to think about this right now. If somebody's commenting on your Instagram post or if somebody's emailing you or somebody's calling you, you know, when you see that name pop up, even if it's in your peripheral, you see it pop up and you see it pop up. Sooner or later, it registers with you, right? And, and our friend Chris Harder always says the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So- mm. So much of this goes into what we're going to talk about, which is your, your mission now and your project as Super Connectors. And I just got done with uh, the For Love of Money um, Mastermind, where you guys spoke. And I had a, a list of notes and a whole bunch of stuff. And I came home and I said, Angelique, listen to what I just learned. I go, we have to do this like today, right now. And I think I wasn't even off the plane, but a couple hours and I had you doing some I of the exercise. I was like, okay, I'm writing down. Okay. That's whatever. how pumped up I was. <laughs> so um, we'll kind of let you go into that. So we got your aha moments. Now the super connectors, how did that come to fruition? So, sorry, I'm going to go into another light up moment. So <laughs> six years ago, I almost exactly six years ago, just a little over, um, I had a company, an agency that had grown to about 100 employees. We had lots of different offices all over the world, like in Florida, New York, LA, London, et cetera. Looked great on the outside. Um, and, but it was, it was a mess on the inside. So when I started that company, I wasn't in a good place. The people I attracted into my life were not the right types of people for me. And I changed a lot. But I was really comfortable being uncomfortable. And not the good, un there's two different kinds of uncomfortable. So there's the good uncomfortable, which is when you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and you're taking, you know, pushing in fear. Then there's the bad uncomfortable where you know that you should be doing something different, that your life is not meant to be this, but you stay in that. So I was staying in that because my ego was so tied to it. And I was just staying in that, staying in that, and it was miserable, and, but I didn't want to make a change. Anyway, God said, we're going to make a change. That company completely imploded. So the God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. That company, and it was like, if I said to you guys, all right, here's all the worst things that could happen in business to me, they all pretty much happened. It was public. It was messy. I lost all my money. Um, I had a three-year-old daughter, you know, all these different things. But one of the great things was I had this major realization, major realization that I was so unbelievably disconnected. Where this realization came from, though, was a Saturday uh, evening, late afternoon, I was at my house, I'm on a phone call, like the most important phone call ever. Mm. And if you guys said, all right, I'll give you $10 million, tell me who you were talking to, what you were talking about, I would not be able to tell you what it was, which is such a great reminder that 
the things that we think are so important right now and so urgent usually are. And uh, my 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 little girl Vivian walks into the kitchen, and she and if I, if you guys ask me and say, all right, what's the most important thing in the world to you? I would say my daughter Vivian. I have a giant bee tattooed on my back, and blah blah blah. But my actions did not line up with that. So she walks into the kitchen. I'm on this call, and she says, "Daddy, I'm hungry." And I give her the one minute sign, you know, hold up one finger, one minute. And she's like, oh, and she knows that one minute equals 20 minutes. So she walks over, opens the refrigerator, and I'm kind of just watching her. So she's three at this time. And she takes out a piece of pizza. And she looks at me again like, really? You're just going to let this happen? And I'm just, you know, I'm still talking, you know, trying to figure out all this stuff, et cetera. And she goes over, gets a chair, gets a plate, starts, opens up the microwave, puts the pizza in the microwave, starts cooking her own meal. Now, I'm saying this not because she's now like Master Chef Junior, you know, like there's some amazing thing. I, for whatever reason, right at that moment, I had this realization. I'm like, wow, the person that is the most important thing in the world to me, I am so disconnected from her. I am not even, she doesn't even like take me at my word. And I hung up the phone mid-sentence and I just sat down and I was like, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a better way. And I just, you know, I started changing everything in my life. Like I had no idea, like I just stopped doing anything work really. I had no idea how I was ever going to make another dollar, forget a million dollars, 10 million, anything. And I was like, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I got to get right with myself and with other people. And I realized I'd become very disconnected from everyone because I had been living behind my phone, behind my computer and really caring so much about like my, the perception of me, not really like anyone else and what I could get. And that did not work. And I was miserable. Even when it worked, I was miserable. So I started this experiment, which I didn't realize at the time. It sounds so good and clean now, but at the time I was just like, I want to get reconnected with people. So I'm going to start meeting with somebody every single day. So I started that, and so I had three rules for this experiment. Meet with one person every day, be open, honest, and vulnerable, so be okay with talking about like the stuff that we've talked about in this first 15 minutes, which I never would have told anyone ever in my life. Um, be open, honest, and vulnerable, and the third was figure out what I could do to help them. So I started basing wow. my life around this one simple question was, what do you need help with right now? And even if I didn't ask somebody that straight out, I would try to figure that out. And then I would do that for them. So as a result of this, I started building these unbelievable relationships. But one of the big things that happened was I started seeing people differently because I would get to meet with like celebrities and billionaires and some of the most powerful people in the world and people I grew up like idolizing or people that I saw on Instagram that had perfect lives, quote unquote. And I would see that they were just like me. They had like once I would open up, they would start talking about their own fears and, you know, their own imposter syndrome and this. I was like, wow, this is like mind blowing. So it just started changing. So one of our things is people are people are people are people. It doesn't matter who they are. And so I started doing that. I started doing that. Then I had started doing dinners, connecting people. And then I really started focusing around entrepreneurs, connecting them to the media because there was like, that was always how I built my different businesses with relationships and yeah, publicity. And then I did, an, I, I did an event around this because I'd helped one of my friends out in a big way. 
And they'd always said, I built a whole personal development company. And they're like, why are you doing this? You're not teaching people what you know best. They're, your whole thing is that when we describe you, we call you our unfair advantage because you're able to get us media. You're able to, by texting somebody in 30 seconds, this happens. So I started doing that. And then as a result, I wound up building, not on purpose, I wound up building this amazing business, which really, it just became a business I got just over a year ago. And we crushed it right from the beginning because there was such a clear need and it was just based on connecting people. So the amazing thing was, it was really what I started to see was that people's entire like lives would shift. It became personal development around media because that just getting somebody to come to New York to be in a room with like the top people in the media and seeing that they're real people and then everything started to change just the way it had for me. So then Jen and I met and, you know, right away pretty much fell in love and, um, and, you know, had this amazing connection. And I started to see what she was doing with how she was my best mindset mentor ever. And, you know, same thing for all these clients she was working with. And then last um, August, I said, why don't you just, why don't we become partners and create this into a bigger thing? And you bring the whole mindset and motivation side, because that's something that we need to go even deeper on. And that's really where it all came from. And now we do these events, Unfair Advantage Live, it's a three-day event where you know, we teach people all this stuff, get them mentally prepared as well. And then we also have an agency and programs and all around this. But the best thing about it is the shifts, the shifts, like yeah. the personal development side. So we're going we're gonna to get into some really great teaching moments here because I have a list of bullet points that you guys are going to uh, touch on and teach. But there's a couple of things you said. Really that, that last part about, you know, I love the fact meeting somebody every day and being vulnerable, but that last part about what can I do for them? So uh, in my course, I, I taught this because I teach connection. And one of the things is the litmus test in 2019 and pretty much for the last couple of years in the, in the smartphone era is, the litmus test is when somebody sees your name pop up on their cell phone, do they take the call? Because mm -hmm. we all know how easy it is to push somebody off to voicemail. So by being somebody who reciprocates value, the key is when you call people, will they see your name and will they answer the phone? Mm -hmm. Because we just had somebody yesterday who had reached out to me and to tell you the truth, people reach out to us all the time now about, you know, I can increase your value. I can help you do with financial planning. I can help you get more viewers. And most of it becomes noise. Yep. But I took this guy's call, even though we had a, a huge busy day and there was value in it. We spoke to him for an hour and it was tough because our kids were there. And we were kind of pushing him between other appointments. But at the end, he said, thank you. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be very honest with you. I really didn't want to take this call, but I took it because in the past you had reciprocated value to me. And when I saw your name, I said, out of respect, I'm going to take this person's call. And I have other people that do that. And one of the guys, my friends, his favorite method is he always texts me beforehand. He says, do you have a second? And I know that that means A, he respects my time. B, he doesn't just want to call out of the blue and shock me. And he always calls when with, with value and with something that is either going to be an ask for him or, or something for me. So I think what we're about to tap into here is hugely, hugely important. I love everything you said. I think this and what you guys are doing is it's, it's simple, but it's revolutionary, but it's not because mm -hmm. we, we do the things that 
are the easiest and that's what gets the most traction. So I'll let you, I'll let Jen answer the first question. And this kind of feeds into what you said, Jen, you know, you guys spoke about not forgetting to tell all parts of your story, or let's go back because a lot of people here are listening. They have a company, they have a project, maybe it's a nonprofit, maybe they have a startup, maybe they have a real estate agency, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. The key today is being seen. The key today is we have to be our own best marketers. So you guys said something that I really want you to touch on and I'll let Jen go first and and Chris, Mm -hmm. you could expound on it too. You said the media needs you just as much as you need them. Don't be afraid to promote yourself. It's your responsibility. Mm. There's so much in there because there's two different pieces to that, right? There's the media needs you just as much as you need them. And that is so true. So we do this event on Fair Advantage Live and we have a media mixer, which is the second day where we bring in, last time we had over 120 of the top media people in the country come in and we have this big party where our attendees get to mix and mingle. And our attendees often, you know, a lot of the people actually ironically that we have at our event are introverts and are kind of uncomfortable in a situation like that. And we spend the first two days of Unfair Advantage really teaching people how to go into a room like that and own it and think about how can I provide value to the other people in this room? So the entire thing that we live by, what do you need help with right now? Providing value for people and asking people what they need help with and figuring out what they need in order to truly connect with someone. That's what we teach in order to help them open up and become more comfortable. But ironically, at this medium mixer, all of our attendees are so nervous and we spend two days getting them all prepared and ready to go into this. I would say the majority of the media that I talk to the media people come up to me and say, oh my God, Jen, I'm so nervous and uncomfortable because there's so many amazing entrepreneurs in this room and I'm like intimidated by them because there's like so much incredible content everywhere and they're so impressive and like, who am I? So they don't realize that like, yeah, they're, the, the media people, like what we said, people are people are people are people, or I like to say everybody poops. Yeah, you know, we I love that our own insecurities and those media people need entrepreneurs and people with businesses and people with incredible stories to create content with every single day. Before, so, you, before you go on with the second part, cause I need to validate that because when you said this in California, I have a unique perspective because mm-hmm. in the stone age uh, of newspapers, I was that reporter who I had a wow. weekly column. I had actually two different weekly columns, one on romance and relationships and one on, on health and fitness. So when you guys spoke about this, I raised my hand out there and I said to the people in the room, you have no idea how right they are when they say this because that was in the day of a weekly periodical or maybe a daily paper. And we are in the electronic age where things happen so much faster. Mm -hmm. So from a reporter's perspective or a columnist perspective, I needed information. I needed people to bring me stories because it's a lot of pressure finding stories out there. So what you say is so true, guys. There are media professionals out there and writers and columnists that are desperate for new, fresh stories and ideas, and you have to pitch them. So what's that pitch like? So it's not a pitch. Here's a great example of something that happened at one of our events that is one of my favorite stories of just 
the act of providing value and figuring out what people need help with and how that works in your favor and can get you what you want. So this woman came to our event. She's a success coach. Um, she's been a career coach. And she's walking around our event. We, we teach everybody, you know, go into that event thinking about hope. Help one person every day. How can you help somebody in that room? Not only will that make you a lot less nervous because it takes you out of it and it's just you're just focused on providing value to other people and being curious and finding out what people need but it also immediately tells you what you know if you're the thing that can fill their need instead of you saying oh this is what i can get from this person and you know pitching yourself it's figuring out what they need and then just being the answer to their problem mm -hmm. so she's talking to this guy and she's like what do you need help with what can i help you right now she she does not know who this person is and he's like well i'm a producer for good morning america and I actually need, for a segment next week, I need someone that's a success and career coach that has a kid that is graduating college and going out into the workforce for a segment I'm doing with the Shark Tank people, with Barbara Corcoran and Robert Hirschbeck. And I can't find this person. And she's like, hmm, well, I have a son that is graduating college and he's going into the workforce and I'm actually a career coach. So that's me. That's all she had to say. She was just providing... The, the answer to his problem. And a week later, Pat was on Good Morning America. And that was just a perfect example of how finding out what somebody needs help with and just being curious and listening and, and seeing people and hearing people and just taking yourself completely out of it, not even cold pitching or anything, can get you exactly what you want and it makes it a win-win for everybody. Well, I love this because it's so applicable in anything. And, um you know, we, you hear so much about like being super niche and, you know, knowing your target, which is important, but the principles are the same, you know, the same principles that work in personal relationships, which you touched on so beautifully, Chris. Um, we, we talk a lot about one of my favorite things to teach on is divine order, um, something that I believe very much in and uh, your moment of divine order when you realized you had inverted it um, and your three-year-old daughter was not the most important person at that time. Um, maybe in your heart she was, but it wasn't outwardly being portrayed. And so you, you actually got that divine order back in line the way that it was supposed to. And the, how the flow and the floodgates then open up um, to create the profitability in everything, in your relationships, in, in your health, because you start being less stressed and more conscious. And then of course, in a business opportunity like this. And then Jen, you just kind of brought it all home by saying like, look, there's no hierarchy here, you know? And that's another inversion of the divine order is when we start creating a false idolatry um, over things, opportunities, people, because they have a position of power in the eyes of the world or in culture. And we end up, you know, uh, devaluing ourselves, what we have to offer, who we are in the process. And then we forget who we serve. We just forget who we serve, not only on this earth, but in, in, in the world of, you know, internal kingdom. So I just, I love what I'm hearing. And I think for the listeners out there, just, I really wanted to take those two points, bring them together for you so that you know, whatever it is you're doing, maybe it's not PR you're looking for, but hope by helping one person every day can be used in anything, whether you're whether in your network marketing, whether you uh, make jewelry, whether you're in your home, whether you're in your marriage, whether it's a business that you're trying to start up, like that principle right there applies yep. and cross-pollinates in anything. It's so cool. It. 
I absolutely love it. And I love the teaching moments. This is so good Mm -hmm. um, because as we get into that next part where promotion isn't gross, and this is going directly from my notes that you gave, (laughs) promotion isn't gross, it's your responsibility. So that hit a chord with me. Guys, when we launched the Turned On podcast, you know, Angelique and I are humble people, and this is a passion project. And, you know, we wanted to get it out there. We had all the pictures and promotional stuff, and we were excited. But after a week or so, you start to think, well, geez, am I wearing out people? Are people like, geez, enough of this? And you start to hide yourself. And thank God Chris Harder said, don't forget that only 6 to 10% of, of your audience is seeing everything. You see it all the time. So from your perspective, you're pouring it on. But remember, the news feeds and the algorithms are all different. So I want you to touch on this. Maybe, Chris, you will touch on this. Promotion isn't gross. It's your responsibility. And, and where does that start in terms of your opportunity for your clients and just in general for anybody who's got a startup or a business? Yeah. So for me, where this really came from is, so my mission is helping people that aren't great at promoting themselves, but are really great at what they do. And so for, for us, as Jen mentioned, our, our clients, our people, our attendees, are not people who are great networkers that are great at like, you know, bragging or, you know, internet marketing, douchebags, like anything like that. No, you know, I don't want to help somebody become a better bragger. Never. Um, we get, and this is why everything that we do is invite application only because we get those people and it just, it doesn't matter how much money they'll pay or anything Just say no. And the reason for that is that there's so many amazing people out there that are just not good at promoting themselves. And my belief, our belief is that the world needs more great people. The world needs more positivity. The world needs more people that really care. The world needs more people that have passion projects like yours that are you know, really doing it to, to make a difference. So the, the, the way that I like to flip it around is that it's your responsibility to get that message to people. So if you're really good, if you really care, if you can really help somebody, you have a responsibility. It's not promotion. It's a responsibility to get it in as in front of as many people, as many eyeballs, as many earballs. Ear, earballs isn't even a word, but you got my thing. Ears as possible. Um, that'll be the name of this uh, episode: earballs and eyeballs with Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb. So to get that in front of as many people as possible, and I, I have so many stories around this. But one of my favorites, and I shared this with you, David, but uh, I'll just share it again, was uh, about a year, just a year and a half ago or so, Jen and I went to this party in New York. It was a networking event. It was a, um, hosted by J.J. Virgin, who's, you know, multiple, 10-time New York Times bestselling author and all this stuff. And um, it was all these health influencers and, and me. Um, because I'm not a health influencer. And everyone had, you know, lots of initials after their name. Mine just said Chris. Um, it was very plain. So anyway, I'm there, and JJ's a good friend, and, um, you know, we're there and starting to talk to somebody, this woman who was a pretty big influencer in that space, introduces uh, Jen and I to her husband, and then she kind of walks off. So we're talking to this guy. He's a doctor, functional medicine doctor. He starts telling me about how, all the stuff that he does. And I'm blown away, blown away. I'm like, wow, you're unbelievable. Like, are you booked out for like three years or what? Because in New York City, if you're really good, like you're booked out. You know, if you have a great reputation, you're booked out forever. You have to get favors to get in to see somebody. He goes, to tell you the truth, I'm not even booked out this week. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, Anthony, how can that be? He looks at me and he's like, I suck at promoting myself. I'm like, all right, Anthony, I'm going to change your life tonight. Now, this is a Christmas party. He's got like a, you know, eggnog in his hand. Like he's not looking, he didn't come there looking to have his life changed or, you know, talk to somebody like me. And he looks at me, his eyes just like, you know, light up in the wrong way though. Like he's like a deer in the headlights at that point. He can't really walk away. So I said, Anthony, you, are you good at what you do? He's like, yeah, I'm really good. I'm like, do you care about your patients? He said, I care so much. I said, do you get them results? He said, always. I said, guess what, Anthony? It's your fault that you're not booked up. And it's your fault that right now, one of your people who could be seeing you is seeing somebody who's not as good as you, who doesn't care as much, and who will not get them the results that you can because of you. He looks at me and he's just like, all right, I'm going to go walk away now. And he literally walked away. And I was like, I think I looked at Jenna. I was like, all right, I don't know how that went. Um, because I get passionate about this. I don't care if I'm at my daughter's school. Like, I'll start telling somebody that. Um, do, you know do you know where we've seen this before? Because everybody listening has seen this in their life before happen. And let's go back to high school, the high school dance. The nice guy, the polite guy is sitting there. And here's the homecoming queen with the jerk because the jerk was selfishly promoting and the nice guy was like, I'm just, I'm, I know I'm nice and I know I have a lot to offer, but I'm just, I'm just scared. So I'm just going to sit over here with no clients, (laughs) whether it's the doctor or it's the, or it's the nice guy who is watching the girl dance with this jerk because he's the only one that asked her. So that, that kind of remind me of this story that's happened that we have to flip the switch on in our heads. If you're that person out there, and you know you have value, and you know you care about people, it's a gift that you cannot keep to yourself, you know, and, and, and Chris and Jen are perfect people to help you get that word out. So the guy lines up, so 20 minutes or so, like, it, we're there, we're mingling. Then I see the guy and his wife, the influencer, walking towards us. I was like, oh, no. And, you know, and he goes, this is the guy. I was telling you about, I was like, okay. Um, And he goes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He goes, I never thought of it that way. I'm going to start actually talking about what I do. And for anyone that struggles with this, what I ask them to do is simply think about themselves and as if they were describing their child or their best friend their brother or their partner or anyone that is not them. Think about how you would talk about somebody close to you that you love and talk, start talking about yourself the same way. It's not bragging if it's true. It's not bragging if you're a good person. And again, I will not give this advice or talk about this with, you know, people that are like jerks and suck and, you know, it's not for that. But if you're listening and you're like, Oh, you know, and this is like kind of punching you in the gut because you know it's you, you know you're holding back, you know you're depriving people of your gifts because you're afraid to talk about yourself because you don't want to come across. I ask you to start doing that today. It can be slow, you know, just start talking about yourself the way that you would talk about your child. Thank you. Thank you so much because people need to hear that. And and I know that that's that's something that's going to give a lot of value. Well, it's a hot button for me because I've... You know, I just, even this week when, you know, we, we launched last week. And so you're, 
you're promoting something to get the wheels going on it and gain that momentum. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to take a break for a couple of days, you know? And I know that there is a balance to that because it can get a little heavy handed on one side. And, and maybe you guys can really touch on that and doing it in a way that's, um, it doesn't sound like a broken record either because I think that there's an art to that. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise it can, I mean, I know you're supposed to kind of hit the tree in the same spot to knock the tree down, but by the same token, it can feel heavy. Like you're slobbering all over yourself, your product or your service. If you don't know how to reach the, the people you're trying to reach. So my advice for you or for people that with something like this, or you have clients, what we do. So I, promote the heck out of our business. Now, the way that I do that though, is by promoting our clients and our results constantly and shining the spotlight on them. So if you follow me, you'll see that I'm constantly talking about like our clients and all this, because that, that, that's me doing more good, but at the same time, I'm promoting what we do. So for you, telling the different stories around your guests or around the, uh, the, the things like, all right, I had a great aha when I was talking to Jennifer, wait for the episode, like that type of thing. And it, it, it can make it so much easier. And again, it's baby steps. Like all we ask people to do is step out of your comfort zone. Like you don't have to go from zero to 60. So you don't have to like, you know, do it so that you're so unbelievably uncomfortable that the next day you have a emotional hangover and you're like, you know, you don't even want to get out of bed, but you just do it enough where it's a little bit uncomfortable. But think about what Jen said. So anytime that we're going to speak or, you know, that we're writing a post on social media, we're trying to think about one person. So who needs to hear this today? So, and what is me holding back going to do? So, and then look, looking at your motives. One thing that, Angelique, I used to, I think it was like less than two years ago, I never posted one thing on Facebook. When Chris met me, I never posted a thing on Facebook ever because I had this massive block that I didn't want people to think I was bragging. I was on this TV show and I, didn't, I, I never talked about it. I never leveraged it. I never did anything. I was like, I want to be under the radar. But really what it was was fear of what other people would think of me. Yes. I, I started talking about myself. Yeah. So I did one thing. Now I still do this one thing every single time I share about anything. I just decided to, with every single post I wrote, I would talk to one person. Yeah. Who is one person in my mind that I think needs to hear this today? And I'm going to talk to them, whether that's one of my favorite clients from them, a friend of mine, or even if that's me several years earlier, who, like, what would I have needed to hear? What, what do I wish I had? Like, I wish I had a person that would say this and this and this to me. And then I would talk to my former self or I talk to someone. And so if you go about even your posts and sharing about yourself with that idea of help one person every day, talk to that one person, help that one person, it completely takes you out of it. And then I was able to do it. And I'm still, yeah. I still use that every day. Amen. Amen to that. Great, great advice. Um, I know because if you're scrolling on social media, you, you see everybody. But what I've, what I've done is um, I, I've, I have that person or two. There's maybe a handful of people that I have. And each time I feel like I'm doing too much or I'm not good enough or I'm, I'm feeling I need a little boost, I think about those people in my head that I'm trying to help. And I, and I have their face and I have their story. And I go, this is my avatar. This is my mission. And I know they need it. So I love that part. As we continue to go in so many awesome things that you guys teach, um, 
let's let's get into the list now there's two types of lists that you taught me there's the list of places that you want to be featured whether it's a tv show a magazine a publication or on a podcast right and then there's the list of top uh you had us do a list of top 20 influential people that we can draw on so again we just got done talking about social media but what i love about you guys is you're not just social media yeah. gurus you so believe belly, in belly. connection. Chris, that initial story about meeting a person every day in person, being vulnerable, that's turned on Yes. in, in conjunction with social media. We know it's hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about those two things, the list of publications or places you want to be featured, and then how our, how our listeners can make a list of influential people that they can help them and how they go about that exercise. Yeah. Um, so for the list of of media, dream media. So like my wedding singer story earlier, uh, that, that story really just made me fully believe that anything that I see in my mind's eye, I can achieve. And we need to do the exact same thing with media because if we don't, we aren't clear on what we want, we won't be confident in the steps to getting it. So clarity equals confidence. Mm -hmm. So I, when people are like, oh yeah, I want to be in the media and I want to be all over the place. I'm like, really, where do you want to be? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't even know. So the very first step is to get super clear so that you can see it. And then if you can see it, your subconscious is just going to take you, take that fear out of it. Because if you see it and you believe it, it makes it a lot less scary to take actions towards getting it because it seems really real to you. Uh, I know Lori did that. So perfect. Uh, you know, Lori Harder, who's a mutual friend of ours, she got really clear and she was like, I want to be a cover model for all the fitness magazines. And she saw it super clearly in her mind and she knew that that's what she wanted. And she believed it so fully that she was going to do it. So then every single time that it didn't happen for her, because I remember her telling me, like, I, I, I thought I was going to get it, and then I didn't, but I kept going and I kept going. And the belief and the clarity on seeing herself in her mind's eye on the cover of all of those magazines actually tricked her subconscious to believing that it already happened. So to keep going was a lot less scary and a lot less difficult. So get clear on what it is. And the best way to get clear on those places that you know you want to be featured is ask your, your clients and your ideal people, your ideal avatar, your audience, your audience, whoever that is, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Mm. Ask them. Because we don't really know necessarily. We can guess, but let them tell you. I think it's Forbes, but it could be something entirely Exactly. Totally. You, get, you start getting clear. So the Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. So we want to know where, where, where you want to be. And another amazing tool is jealousy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, this is like it, the, one of the greatest things is, uh, so one of the, we, we talk about, we help somebody go from FOMO to famous. And when we're talking about FOMO, we're not talking about like, oh, I wish I was at this event. We're talking about when those people that are in your niche or could be a colleague, it could be your partner, whatever it is. And you look at them and they're the ones always getting media. They're the ones always getting invited to speak. And you're like, oh, I wish that was me. Now, there's two choices when you have when you have, we've all been there. I've been there every day. I was there this morning. Um, it, so you have two choices with this when that, that thought happens. So the first is to be like, oh, that'll never be me. I'm a loser, you know, and to go into like a shame spiral. And that can happen very, very quickly. Now, the other choice is to be like, wow, that's telling me something. So how about I lean into that and, you know, really use that to my advantage? 
that means that that's something that I want. So this person has something. Let me look at where they're being featured. Let me look at who's the person featuring them. Who's the writer? Who's the producer? Who's this? And let me start to build a relationship with that. So going back to what David talked about almost in the beginning of the episode, in terms of like starting to comment, following those people on social media, like uh, we, we pay close attention to our supporters. So even if you're not like us in New York City or not in our, like you can start building relationships. I build a lot of relationships that way just by somebody all of a sudden popping up based on something where I'm like, oh my God, I'm so jealous of this person. And then being like, all right, I'm going to start to build a relationship. I'm gonna to start to provide value. And guess what? Those people a lot of times are using their social media as an outlet to try to find people. So they'll ask for a quote, they'll ask for somebody. And the great thing about that is that you can then, even if you're not the person, connect them to one of your friends, connect them, be the connector. It's very, very simple. But that is like the, the jealousy, the, you know, the envy factor is so powerful, so powerful, because it's so easy to beat ourselves up. Like, I'm not never going to be me. And then you can be that person. Yeah. So, so we're, getting, we're getting some really good stuff here. I think this is actionable things. And that's important because there's a lot of people that will give fluff. But you guys are giving actionable items. You, you walk the walk and you're, you're so easy to talk to because you're real. Um, and, and now we talk about this list of, of potential influencers and people that you know, because, uh, what's Chris Harder's famous saying is, is connection is like the, uh, collaboration, collaboration is, is the new shortcut. shortcut. So, um, Good I came Chris home, just needs to be on here talking. To I came home <laughs> and I, uh, Chris and Jen had me do this list at the mastermind where they said, put your top 20 people of that, you know, and, and some of them could be far out there. It doesn't have to be your best friends or people that you've known for a while but people that you know, and then I want you to, um, I want you to categorize them or put a number value by their name on how influential they are. And then the other is how likely they are to help you, like on a scale of one to 10. So I'm looking at my first couple of people and I said, this guy here, and he's like a nine in terms of influence, and, but more like a, a seven in terms of whether he'll help me or not. I could, be, I could be wrong. Some other people are seven in terms of influence, but a 10. And you said every single person that you've had do this exercise has had success without, without fail. So tell us a little bit more about that. You want to start? Well, yeah, I mean, I could give an example of how it worked for me. Uh, if you really go, if you really do it, um, or even how it worked for somebody at the mastermind. Yeah. So if you, the key though to this, you can do your top 20 list. You make your, your list of your 20 people, you add them all up. Let's explain what it is real quick. Okay. So the top 20 list where I came up with this was that, what I realized was that any challenge, I don't like using the word problem, that I had, I realized that it could be solved so much faster using my network, using my connection. So the connections are always the shortcut. Relationships are the shortcut. Now, the interesting thing about this is that most people, especially now, because it's so easy to be connected, quote unquote, to people, that we think that building a relationship, getting on a phone call is like, that's way too long. Like, I just want to buy a Facebook ad or this, you know, but the, the connection is the relationship is everything. Everything comes from that. So what I realized was that if I created a list, so I just started creating these different lists for anything I wanted. I wanted to get clients, I created a list of 20 people and I started doing this. So where I started using this was for our people was around the media. So, all right, we just went through how to find all the different people that, or all the different publications, you know, everything that you want to be on. 
Now you're going to look at your relationships right now, today. Forget anything, forget ever. I believe that every single person has everything that they need right now. And that as your needs evolve, you, you, know, you, you put more and more into that. But you're going to create a simple list. We call it the top 20. And this list, you're going to write out 20 people. So Jen calls it, do a brain dump, but 20 people that could potentially help you. Now, the important thing is to think outside of any box that you're in, outside of your business box, your mastermind box, your network marketing box. Think about every relationship you've ever had. Think about somebody you went to elementary school with that you're still in touch with that might be a producer all of a sudden. Think about your family, your immediate family, your parents, your kids, who they go to school with, the parents of those kids, et cetera, et cetera. Like, go crazy. Um, at the Mastermind, since we're on this Chris Harder theme, he had, a great, he had a great addition to it. Look at your phone. Look at your connections. Look at who you follow on social media, who follows you, et cetera, et cetera. And you're just going to create that list. And then you're going to give them, as David just mentioned, two different scores. How much influence do they have? One to ten. How, and then the next column is how likely are they to help you? One to ten. Now, the important thing with this exercise is don't get overly perfect about it. Like, just don't worry. Oh, I don't know if there are nine or ten. All right, there are nine then. Whatever. Who cares? Just take action. Action is always the antidote for fear. <laughs> when um, I was doing it, I did do that. Yeah, I'm sure everyone does. And you'll also immediately go to, but I can't reach out to that person, so I'm not going to put them on the yes. list. You're like, oh, wait, no, I could even imagine texting a Hierarchy, hierarchy. I just did it, guys. Yeah. I, I, I went to my list, and I asked this person, and I, I, I messaged them via Facebook, and they messaged back going, this is my cell phone number. I would love to help you out. And, and we just interviewed that one of those people. Yes, so it works. It well, what works. do you do after you make but, the list? Wait, I want to make one, right. one great point because this is, this is such a simple thing that they taught me. And it's coming from a reporter's side and a columnist side. My friends, if, if you don't get this point that they're going to teach on that goes along with this list, then it's the easiest thing you can do. And I think it makes the biggest difference. Do you guys remember you said after you make this list and maybe you contact these people, here's the key. Are you ready for this? Make it as easy as possible for them to ask. In other words, you're asking a favor. Don't make them work harder. You said give, give examples like, uh, do you need some story ideas? What can I do for you? What's the next step? What can I help supply you with? In other words, if these people you're asking a favor for, whether it's a columnist, a magazine, a TV show, a connector, a podcast, the last thing you want to do is make it more work for them because they're busy. And remember, you're asking them a favor. So without putting too many words in your mouth, I love that part. And I think it's crucial. Well, the most crucial part of the whole thing, yes, that, but it's just reaching out to the people, like just taking action. And so this is where it works or if it doesn't work. You have to reach out to one person a day for 20 days. If you reach out to each one person a day for 20 days on that list, so you, you sort, you score them up, right? You add up your scores, your influential score and your how likely are they to help you score, and you'll get a number. So then you're gonna sort those people in descending order how, and on how high their score is. And then one person a day for 20 days, reach out to one person. And if you do that, you will get media exposure. You'll get whatever you want. If it's sales, if it, whatever you want, you will, get it. But the key is actually taking action because all kinds of limiting beliefs and shit comes up when it comes to asking people for help. 
right? I mean, for me, I hate asking people for help. Do you guys like, it's very uncomfortable. I have a question though. So, um, because I think, so making the list is definitely an easy task to do. And I think the idea of reaching out once you have the list can be as easy. I think where a lot of people often get tripped up is what am I going to say? What's the ask? So when you say David and Chris and everyone here saying making it easy as possible for them, what would be my ask? So say it's network marketing, say I want to increase sales or have people take a look. Maybe it's media, you know, there's gotta be no, not a script, but a, some, you know, form of semantics that allow us to make it easy. I think our listeners really are looking for that too. Yeah, I love that question. So it's really, it's going to vary depending on the level of relationship. So here's the thing. Somebody's a nine or a 10 on your list. Guess what? They want to help you be okay with asking. This is the biggest thing, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things that I see holds back entrepreneurs is their inability to ask for help. And the, the, the way that we like to flip it around, and I'm gonna ask you, Angelique, when you help somebody that you're close to, how do you feel? Oh, I mean, it's fulfilling. It's just, it's, a, it's rewarding. There's an ROI in watching somebody receive their ask because, yeah. I, mean, that's, I mean, that's how God operates. Yeah, so here's the crazy thing. You're holding that back from somebody who can do that for you. So, and it's really important to just take that in because it seems like, um, like I'm okay with helping somebody, but I feel weird. And it really, where the mindset shift comes in that becomes so powerful is like, you start to realize that and you're like, wow, all right, I'm a good person. And even though I don't always want to tell myself that I am, um, I am a good person. I, people want to help me. And that's the thing. Like people do want to help you. And so somebody's a nine or a 10, you can come right out with your ask and, and that's going to be okay. So for me, like if I have something that I really want, I'm close to somebody, let's say it's somebody in my family or, you know, a close friend or whatever. Um, I'm just going to ask them for it. And it, most likely they're going to help me. So now going down, depending on where it is, like between like the six, seven, eight, maybe you're, depending on how long it's been since you've communicated with them, it doesn't mean you just go right in and ask for something. There, this is where the relationship part comes in. So you might have to actually restoke that flame and rekindle the relationship. And that might just be like, hey, I was just thinking of you today, or this Facebook memory popped up with us, or I just saw this article and it made me think of you. Um, you know, and I love that you've been doing X. Um, you know, take a look at their social media for a second and see what they've been doing. Um, I miss- Chris, it sounds, it sounds kind of like the intimacy in a marriage, right? I mean, I, I like to make analogies. Guys, if, if you just walk in uh, once a month and say, hey, I'm ready to be intimate. Uh, I haven't spoken to you. I haven't given you Not any compliments. Happening. I haven't connected with you in a month. Uh, what's going to happen? Door's going to be closed. Door's going to be closed. So think about, I love that you mentioned relationship and I want to, I want to just, I, I, I wanted to just stop you there because so many times well, people will ask you for things and that's the worst thing that you can do because now it's painfully obvious that you just came to me because you wanted something. Um, And that's, we've seen that a lot in network marketing is say they go, go to their list and you call these people and the people like, Hey, how you doing? It's so nice. Oh, you just thought of me? That's great. Next thing you know, they're pitching them to buy something on the very first phone call. And immediately that person goes, hey, I'm no dummy. 
you totally are going through a list. You didn't really want to connect with me as a friend. You're just looking for a sale. So that's important that you said relationship takes time. So instead of four yeah. Months, so we restoke the relation exactly like restoke the relate like start that and you know and then play, like, some, Bar play some Barry White music maybe buy me some flowers right Angelique's over here blushing because we get talking about this all the time I always like to do the analogy and sometimes I go there <laughs> it's a great analogy because and not only so you don't want to think about it like oh I'm just like rekindling this relationship so I can get what I want you're actually when you rekindle a relationship so many more good amazing things come from it I mean connection creates everything so rekind or creating a new relationship or rekindling an old one won't just get you what you want because it most likely will but it'll also create a new relationship with somebody where you can help them so you can get that amazing feeling of being able to provide value for somebody else create a new connection which then like you're gonna do the long game by creating this new relationship but you're gonna get so much more bang for your buck with you know that relationship that you created because it's deep and all kinds of different things will come from that I'm glad you clarified that because I, I did I, I did sound like it's hey I just want to get what I want to form a relationship but you clarified it because like in a marriage we, we want it to last a long time there's other things obviously in marriage besides the intimacy part um, but we, we want, we want this relationship to prove people to last, because like you said, that's your business. That's what you do. And this makes life a whole lot easier when you could have your connections that mean something to you. And not only can you get something out of them, but you get fulfillment from seeing other people reach their goals. So yeah. we only have about five or 10 more minutes. And I want to make sure that our audience knows, um, not just where to find you, but, you know, I want them to know the difference between doing some of these things. These are the freebies that we're talking about. These are the easy things they can do at home and really what it means to come to your event, really what it means to be a part of the super connectors. Um, and th this is a great opportunity for you to kind of dive into what it means to go to your event in New York. Our event is all about connection what we've been talking about this entire hour it really is so people you know they come to our event because oh my gosh we have this amazing media mixer and you're going to be introduced to media and and you're going to learn a lot about how to pitch and how to follow up and all the content and amazing things like that but really when people leave at the end of the day they say you know i came for the media but i i stay in the community and i really the the most powerful thing was the connections not just the connections with the media, but the connection to yourself, because it's an unbelievable transformative experience that you go through when you come to this event uh, from, you know, not really feeling like you know how to talk about what you do and not really feeling completely uh, comfortable with promoting yourself to then understanding, you know, how the, what you really provide to the world and, and knowing that you're worthy of talking about that and then also connecting to a tribe of unbelievable entrepreneurs that are doing incredible things in the world. And those connections are your unfair advantage. And it's intimate, right? I mean, you, oh. you guys, it's an intimate event. You guys, you guys vet everybody that comes. Invite so this, this, isn't a, this is important to realize, folks. This isn't an open casting call where they're just trying to look for people. They uh, have put a lot of uh, hard work and thought into this event. And it's intimate. Everybody's vetted. And they kind of they kind of make sure that everybody knows what they're getting into. So um, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It, that, and that part's really important to us. So, uh, and I done that from the beginning, from that first one, I got on calls with every single person. Then the next one, every single person, et cetera. And the, 
one of the biggest reasons was that not only getting back to my mission to help the people that aren't great about bragging about themselves. So I know if I got on the phone with somebody, they're like, oh, I have this great insurance company and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I can't even stand talking to you. Um, and uh, that was one thing. But just as important for me was I realized I was going to be opening up one of my most valued assets, which is my relationship with these people, the top people in the media who trust me, who like me and, or have, you know, introduced me to somebody. And I have one person who's a jerk running around and, you know, it can ruin it for everyone. So it's really, really important. And we're, we're, we're really um, good about that. And we're good about finding the people that are, that believe in win-win relationships, that believe in, you know, in creating connections and, you know, the power of that. And, you know, have that feeling, have that, even if it's a, you know, even if it's a small urge to get their message out there more. Like that's like really, it, and they just don't know how to do it. They think like the media is a black box. Like I don't understand it. And then they come and they realize and they make these connections and they get this stuff and they're like, wow, it's so much simpler than I thought. And that's like, that, that's like so important to me is having, helping people have those, those ahas and to see like, wow, this changes everything about how I connect with people. And the really beautiful thing that happens is when you figure out that it's all about connection, and it's all about providing value and serving other people. Everybody in the community, like the attendees are helping everybody else. They're like meeting someone in the media and then they're pulling their friend over. You need to talk to this person. Everybody becomes each other's best allies and they all work together to help each other connect with media so they can all get each other's messages out there. It just becomes this unbelievable collaborative experience of, you know, people helping people, which is what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah. I think you guys are perfect for it, by the way. I mean, I, I, we met you once and then I met you in person and then we're interviewing you now and, and getting to really know you now and develop our relationship. Um, I, I think with your experience, you know, because your personalities are perfect for it. Uh, I think you're really genuine, which I love. And, and I think when you take your personality and your genuineness and then you mix it with both of your backgrounds and experience, I think it's kind of like this perfect storm that you've created. And I really want to just honor you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. And so from taking a page out of your book, what's one thing that we can help you today with? So the, the, our most important thing, I always say that my love language is referrals. So there's a book called The Five Love Languages. And so I made up my sixth one, uh, which is just simply referrals. So I practice what I preach. I, you know, that's how we built everything has been 100% through word of mouth. You've built this multi-million dollar and, you know, multi-million helping company from, you know, from simply word of mouth, from referrals, from it's all been somebody telling somebody else about this. Um, so that's the, if there's people that you feel are a good fit or people listening to this, then send them to unfair advantagelive.com there you I tell go. you what I'm, I'm like the old school mafia i i don't vouch for somebody unless i can really vouch for them you know <laughs> and and i will vouch for you guys because uh i i just think you're real and i think you i think you're really passionate about what you do and i think you got a talent for it so yes. uh, unfairadvantagelive.com thank you so much you guys this is was so much fun thank you like Unbelievably grateful. 
Well, we're grateful for you. And we would just want to say thank you to our listeners for hanging in with us and taking in all the juiciness of this incredible interview with Jen Gottlieb. We, lit- we literally could have gone another hour. Or two. First, I mean, yeah. You know, we would love to have you back on sometime because there, I think we just have begun to tap the surface of, of the value that you provide. There was things on my list that I couldn't even get to um, that I wanted to talk about, but we'll have to have you back on sometime. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Turned On.